Welcome back in, Wyoming knuckleheads. I'm your host, Aaron, and I've got my co-host, Zach Gale, with me. Zach, what's going on, brother? Working for a living, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost done. You're I almost am. done. I am. Um, this is a uh, Give No Ground brought to you by GoBYO. Today is May 26th. Wow. Hell. It's going fast, man. I was just looking at the calendar. It's like... This weekend will be four four weeks since I graduated. Yeah. What? You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Time's gone. And, yeah. Um, and then you're going to be teaching, and then you're like, whoa, there right. goes my summer. And that'll be 70. So. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for coming back in, you uh, Wyoming knuckleheads. Um, first and foremost, our Brianne Beasley uh, Saddle Tramp brand interview is up on yeah. YouTube and all our audio platforms, as well as the Sheridan PD one, Captain Tom Ringley, and uh Chief Coltiska. That's been out on the audio for a while, but for if you want to watch the video, go for it. Video is coming soon, or did it? Um, it's coming out soon. Yes, yep. very soon. By the time you're listening to this, maybe yes, it's it out on up. YouTube. Yes. Um, <laughs> but today, we're going to keep it short. Um, we have an interview coming up with Ashley Harpstreet again from Wyoming Taxpayers Association. Yep. She uh, hopefully will give us a recap on the legislative session and anything else going on. So, um, And then other than that, some state news, some local stuff, nothing crazy. But yeah. um, I will say you and I are going to give our take on this whole the Liz Cheney thing and the field and yeah. Anthony Bouchard and the circus that it's become. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, but um, before yeah, stay tuned ahead. though, stay tuned. Listen to Ashley's uh, interview. Yes. That's really good. Um, that whole budget situation. If you thought that was done, it's not, yeah, we're not even close to being done. Not with even that. close. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned. Listen to that. It's really good. Yeah. Um, first and foremost to our cloud peak, sponsors, DYT Solutions. If you need any uh, digital marketing solutions for your company, or if you have a personal brand, go to their website, dytsolutionswy.com, or shoot them an email at admin at designyourtech.com. So, all right, Zach, local news first. Um, Most of this is just kind of announcements, (laughs) which is fine. Um, Next week, June 1st, from five, that's kind of a short tasting, five to 6 p.m., Wild Rodeo Whiskey and the Wild Rodeo are going to do a tasting in Market Hall. So that's downstairs nice. of where the studio is. So that's 841 Broadway Street across from the Sheridan Inn. Um, so that's a kind of a little shout out, little plug to uh, Bighorn Spirits, Gregor Downey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Come check that out. Gregor's a great guy. Um, and uh, that's, that'll just be fun. Yeah. He's got some new stuff he's he's uh, oh. going to have as well. Other than, you know, they're obviously doing a tasting with the Wild Rodeo right. Whiskey. So. Um, we've got it in the studio. Um, also this weekend, Memorial day weekend, high school graduates, everything's outside, everything's happening. Um, so congratulations to any of the high school grads out there. Yep. And, uh, it's exciting time. Um, yeah. Across the state. Good work. Yep. You, uh, you earned it. Yeah. You finished through probably one of the hardest years ever other than last year. So, um, Yeah, craziness. Um, Also, here in Sheridan, so the Hoop Jam, that's a three-on-three tournament. That's happening next weekend, uh, 4th and the 5th, I believe, at the Sheridan High School. Um, And also, that is going to be the Dead Sweet Bike Race. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be a particular team (laughs) at the Beer and Bacon Station. Yes, yours Um, truly. (laughs) Yes, we will be handing out beer and bacon um, and kind of coordinating all the racers and stuff through there. Yeah. Um, So if you are a racer, we'll see you there. Yeah, it's going to be a party. Yeah, if uh, we're going to have a lot of people help us, I think I'm going to rope some high school kids in and all nice. that stuff. But yeah, it's going to be a fun time. We've told it's, you know, it's work because we got to make sure that 
racers are safe and all that stuff, but it's kind of like, well, it's the beer and bacon station. So, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, you can kind of put two and two together <laughs> there. there. Um, one big story. That's not even a big story, Zach. This is a weird story. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. So a friend of ours, Ken Pennegraft, who I should give his plug for his podcast, the ramble room. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he was driving around town today and he saw the sign of support Palestine. Yeah. Um, so he posted it on there on Facebook, and of course he's getting all these comments and stuff like that. Yeah, the comments are crazy. They're always crazy, no matter what post it is. There, it's this could be a Sheridan Press article about some something, you know, not very exciting at all, and uh, the the comments will just be outrageous. Um, and so yeah, the sign says, uh, you know, I stand with Palestine and uh, I support human rights and blah blah blah, and got a nice Palestine flag painted, and, yeah, uh, just nice and big and in your face. Um, yeah, um, you know, some people were making comments to Ken about like, oh, way to make this, you know, like yeah. way to blow this thing up, and you know, of course, other people are supporting him on, you know, and um, I will say, friend of the show, Tom Kelly, was kind of like. You know the post of the pic of the sign will do nothing of the conflict in the Middle East. Right. You making a sign and saying I support Palestine will not do anything in the conflict yeah. in the Middle East. Right. And I think that is the naivety or the arrogance of Americans thinking, oh, I'm going to say something and do that when it's like, yeah, that doesn't really do anything. Right. Um, or it did exactly what they wanted it to do and rile people up on, exactly. on Facebook. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, fall wherever you want on, on either side of that. Uh, I think, but you just need to do your do your due diligence and yep. and really find out the truth there. Yep. Because um, there's a lot of... Uh, that, I mean, the history of that entire area is is extensive. <laughs> like, so, just just figure out why there's conflict there in the first place. Yep. You know, it goes beyond religion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's it's really really. Uh, I mean, you, like I said, you really have to go back centuries um, to to grasp yep. what's going on over there. Yeah, and it's. Um, that's well said. That's all I'm going to say is educate yourself and and. As we said, th- that's exactly what that person probably wanted is to rile people up. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's really not actually doing anything for human rights. Right. So great job. Right. Um, yeah. So anything else, Zach, local news-wise? I think. I don't think so. Yeah, it's been kind of quiet recently. I think people yeah. are kind of just sick of stuff. Yeah. Um, before we jump into state news, I do have some some big news that I'll share with our listeners. Um, my wife and I are going to sell our house. And it's going to be listed here shortly, but we're going through a realtor. Yeah. And I think y'all can guess who the realtor is. <laughs> it's going to be Jess Hattervig at ERA Care Realty. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people that have sold their house, sale by owner, you know, whatever, save the commission, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Um, I can tell you right now, I'm glad I'm going to use a realtor and I'm glad I'm going to use one Jess as a friend. And then two Jess is uh, very professional and knows what he's doing. Um, and it's going to be nice because already, Zach, we haven't, th- this will be like the first big announcement of yeah. that we're selling our house. Sure. We've already had two or three people like interested. And this is like <laughs> without us not even telling anybody. Yeah. That's how crazy it is right now. Jeez. <laughs> so it's like, nope, you got to talk to our realtor. You're not bugging me. You're not bugging my wife about coming to see it. Yeah. You're not shooting us offers. You're talking right. to him. And then yeah. we funnel it in there through there. So if you're looking to buy a house, 
give him a call, 307-751-6924. Or if you haven't ever looked at, should I sell my house or should I move here in Sheridan or really Wyoming in general, yeah. give him a call as well. So, yeah. Zach, you want to buy a house? <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I don't think I'm there yet. Yeah. Take your time. <laughs> use, use that, use that basement, your parents' yeah, basement yeah. as long as you can. Um, all right, man. Um, this is great news from the university of Wyoming and yeah. some athletics. Yeah. The university plans, uh, to return to full capacity at war Memorial stadium this fall. So, uh, that means, and I think it's maskless. Let me, let me just be sure. I just that. saw, I just saw that the university is not in masks right now. Okay. Like right now. So I would imagine. Well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, go catch your, um, cowboy football this fall without a mask. Uh, in the war. That'll be yes. exciting. It's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. The season's going to be awesome. That yeah. first game, UW versus Montana State Bobcats in Laramie. And, uh, you going? Oh, man. I, I've been, I want to. You should. You're probably not even teaching yet. No, probably. Oh, yeah, you are. I September. might be teaching. Yep. And I might be coaching oh. that weekend. So we'll have to see. Oh. There might be some <laughs> some conflict there. I have to make some decisions. Yeah. No, I'm just you can get down there pretty quick, depending if it's a night game. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, though. It's going to be exciting. Uh, that's... That's just good news. It is. It's good news. I, and we're going to talk about it later, kind of the vaccination numbers. But um, on a real sports note, the Cowboys should be good this year. You know, a lot of defensive players coming back, nice. a lot of offensive guys coming back. Remember, they ended that streak. No no Cowboy was drafted this last year. Right. So that means we're young. Um, yep. So um, we should have put this with the high school grads. But, uh, Zach, you found the picture of oh, yeah. uh, Natrona County um, seniors did a good prank on their last day of school, huh? Yeah. Uh, so it was three seniors at Natrona County High School. They uh, put duct tape on this, like, 30 by 16 foot uh, tarp and uh, hung it from from the, the roof. Um, <laughs> and so basically what it says is uh, – Oh gosh. Uh, I think it says like 200 bedroom, 300 bath, uh, for sale <laughs> and CHS for sale. Um, and so, uh, it's not for sale in case anybody's yeah. wondering, but, um, yeah, no, that's pretty funny. That's, uh, the state is in trouble, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the seniors were just wanting to leave their mark and do so in a, you know, fun, fun way. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Zach, let's uh, let's go to our interview with Ashley Harp Street from the Wyoming Taxpayers Association. This would be a good little break here. So, again, here is a recap of the legislative session. And now we're we are welcoming. Uh, this is another recurring guest, Executive Director of the Wyoming Taxpayers Association, Ashley Harp Street. Ashley, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for agreeing to come back on. And um, we hope to do this kind of as a uh, occurring thing um, with the WTA and GoBYO. I think it's very important for citizens of Wyoming to know what the heck is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. To your listeners. So. Yeah. Cause you guys, you guys, you know, are down there in session, you know, you guys are with the legislators, the lobbyists, um, you know, keeping tabs on what's going on. And, um, and that's kind of going to be the focus of today is kind of a recap of the session, 
some of the big things, Ashley, that you think are important and really kind of, we all know we're probably going to have some special sessions and we'll get into kind of why that is. Um, but Ashley, first and foremost, what what were some of the biggest takeaways, and it can be positive, negative uh, for you, that you guys saw from the WTA from this last legislative session? Yeah, so I want to back up one second, if it's okay to introduce yes. some of your new uh, listeners that might not know who our organization is or who I am, so they understand where we're coming from. Um, so Wyoming Taxpayers Association is a nonprofit 501c6 corporation, um, and we have a C3 arm that does all of our research, but we're anti-tax for sound tax policy for a healthy Wyoming economy, um, and we've been around since 1937. Um, takeaways uh, from 2021 general session uh, was due to the pending $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan Act, otherwise known as ARPA funding. Um, the consensus was drawn quickly between the Senate and House uh, to come to a budget. Um, we, uh, last session, and um, or I guess it's two sessions ago, 2020 general session, or 2020 budget session, they uh, appropriated $2.9 billion to the general fund. Um, then we hit the pandemic in summer of 2020. Uh, the governor had to take extreme measures to stop the bleeding and match up revenue forecast to um, uh, what was actually in the bank and, and how, you know, and uh, the services that were being rendered. Um, so he, he froze hiring contracts, um, made some major agency cuts last summer, and then he made final recommendations to the legislature last fall um, for a supplemental budget. So the um, fast forward, the the, uh, the group did stay very close to the governor's original recommendations this last session of about 15% or $430 million in cuts to the general fund, which brought it back down to $2.5 billion um, with the elimination of 324 predominantly vacant uh, positions. So just to unpack that a little bit further, um, I have shared some slides with, with you guys that you can versus revenue over the last 20 years. And if you look at uh, 2010, um, we were at about $4.1 billion in the general fund um, account of where they hit it. They went from 4.1 10 years ago to 2.6, um, which is a 39% cut uh, in services. So that was the big... Repeat that, Ashley. You're cutting yeah. out there. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That that was the big headline. Was you know the big cut of from 4.1 billion to 2.5 billion in the general fund. Sure. Right. Okay. Um, and again, why they why they got to that so quickly was the pending um, ARPA funds that are coming to the state to help backfill some of these cuts. Um, the other thing that happened was uh, they did end up restoring in the sub to University of Wyoming and community colleges that supported the governor's network initiative. Um, and then the rainy day funds, otherwise known as the LISRA, the Legislative Stabilization Reserve Accounts, uh, that ended up at a billion dollars, um, and they spent $23.8 million from that. Um, as it moves forward with education, which is outside of the general fund, 
they're, they're still anticipating about a $300 million a year shortfall, which um, takes from that rainy day fund. So a billion dollars minus $300 million in the next three years, that could be depleted if things don't change um, in that um, bucket of money. Gotcha. Sure. Uh, Ashley, you might be able to clarify this. Do, do those ARPA funds, uh, are they also being distributed into the K-12 uh, budget? Yes. So they have about 200 plus million, 300 million, somewhere around there um, that will be uh, backfilling some K-12 dollars. Gotcha. Okay, good. So that postpones so, that for um, at least one more year, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> at least one more year. So as far as like uh, looking back on, on this last session, uh, the biggest, probably the biggest tax bill with the most traction and biggest conversation um, that relates to our budget and um, to the cost of services uh, was House Bill 173 and House Bill 174, which was school finance funding and then local government sales and use taxes. Mm-hmm. And so there was a couple of different versions that went through with this of it. Um, the proposal was to fund K-12 schools or the school foundation program. Um, that's, that's the budget account that funds the schools. Initially, uh, that House Bill 173, the school finance funding, implements a one additional penny of statewide sales and use tax to fund education. It's the legislative stabilization reserve account, the LISRA, or the rainy day account, was going to dip below $650 million. That would have brought the statewide sales and use um, with it solely to education. Uh, if Ashley, that go back implemented, right, Ashley, go back to that okay. rate again. You cut out right at the rate <laughs> for that uh, sales tax. Okay, so um, that would have brought the statewide sales and use tax to five cents, with the fifth penny being dedicated solely to education. Gotcha. Okay. So if House Bill 173 was implemented, and that's when the LISRA would dip below 650, 650 million. They were going to enact uh, House Bill 174, which would address the three pennies for local government funding by a penny for the locals, the ability for an additional penny to um, uh, to be enacted by the local government, governing body or by ballot, and the opportunity for another penny by the vote of the people. Both bills combined would raise the state and local maximum from $0.07 cents to $0.08 cents on sales. There was a lot of debate around that on, on the main way that local governments at the city, the municipal and county level uh, fund their services um, because there's only a couple of counties that have that that sixth penny and then the fifth penny is optional. Um, all but like two or three counties have that permanent. So the ability to raise that when they're pushing it out another penny um they were very nervous about. So there was a lot of debate about that. So what ended up happening was the House passed a substitute bill, number one. They only cut $60 million to schools for health insurance for ghost employees. And then it diverted about $48 million from the Permanent Mineral Trust Fund to the School Foundation Program and imposed a half-cent sales tax. So then they brought it down to half-cent sales tax. When the legislative stabilization reserve account, the rainy day account, dropped below six six hundred fifty million, the Senate's education bill um, that that they had going in their chamber, it passed their chamber, but it didn't go anywhere in the House. Focused only on cutting and was never heard in the House. 
Um, once they got the Joint Conference Committee on House Bill 173, the House was unable to, uh, both of them were unable to reach a consensus and the bill failed. So at the end of the day, the School Foundation Program received no reductions and still will receive full state funding plus another $303 million in ARPA funding. Um, and the, so here's my numbers hard there. The school foundation program structural deficit remains approximately 300 million a year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it in a, in a nutshell. Um, and I think this is the best example of the taxes we pay in versus the services we receive. And, and, um, they were trying to kind of pull on both levers of, you know, raising the tax base a little while cutting, um, and then there was a lot of other debate, you know, because the school foundation program is funded. When you look in the distribution of um, how they're funded, they're funded through um, lots of different ways. So they have property tax, they have mineral royalties. Um, anytime you're caught, uh, penalty, penalty fees like that fund education, um, car vehicle registration fund education, not all of them, but a portion of them. So and they were starting to dip into sales tax. So there was a lot of debate around that. Good, bad, and different. That, that, was, that was probably ultimately why it failed. Sure. Gotcha. Um, what do you see, you know, moving forward for K-12? Um, they're going to have to have this big conversation of, of what do we want Wyoming's education system to look like? What are, what are constituents willing to pay for? What are, what do legislators have the appetite to cut and to, um, and to, uh, fund. So, uh, on the efficiency side, there was, let me find this bill number. It was, uh, a con- uh, House Bill 77 school organization reorganization. And that would have been just a study to look at our school districts and consolidation. And I know you guys have had a lot of conversation about that. Um, Wyoming ha- currently has 48 school districts with 23 counties. This wasn't looking at closing schools. This was just looking at efficiencies at the administrative level. Um, some proponents say it will only save $8 million, but they aren't exactly sure until they really get in there and study it and um, maybe implement some of those recommendations toward in the right direction of saving some some dollars for efficiencies. But um, a, lot of, a lot of legislators, they don't want to raise taxes, but they also don't want to cut their schools. So that, that was a past anything. Sure. Right. So I think that will continue to be the debate until you get another, you know, the next, that will at least be for the 66th legislature at the 2022 budget session still continue to be the debate um, whether or not they bring a sales tax bill back or they look at other revenue streams um, will be interesting to see how they debate that or if they look at any efficiencies or they just use the ARPA dollars to buy them time to not have to talk about it till the next time. They're going to have to figure out some of it because they're going to have to build the budget for um, fiscal year 23-24. Yep. Right, right, right. Um, you, you know, on that note, you know, why is there no talk of, I mean, I understand it, right, from a political standpoint, like you can't be the legislator that's against education, but there, there's an obvious problem of we need to reform how that K-12 budget is funded. Would you agree? 
in whatever that ref, reformation is. I mean, right. So it's like the basket of goods is what costs, you know, um, that, that's what they were hoping with recalibration that happened this last year is looking at that basket of goods. And that's what brings you to that 16,000 number and some change per, per student cost. Mm-hmm. And they didn't change that this year. So that was kind of a missed opportunity where they could have debated that. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, I don't know. They're just the answers in front of them and they're the ones with the authority to make those changes. So, they're just going to have to hear from their constituents or try to do what they think is, you know, best to, to move the state forward. But eventually ARPA dollars are going to run out. If we stay on the spending trends we're on at the efficiency levels we're at, the, the LISRA will run out. Like, it's just, a, it's not if, it's when. Yeah. Um, needle. Right. Uh, one thing so it Aaron, depends on their appetite for being proactive. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, kind of on that note of being proactive, Aaron and I have talked about you know, why there, there should be some way for these school districts, like uh, Sheridan County school district too, has done a good job of, um, you know, saving money and, and uh, um, you know, being fiscally responsible there. Um, but they have to, they do have to end up spending that money that they're given or else their budget for, you know, right. next year is reduced. So how could we, you know, how is that just a legislation thing there, you know, a bill that maybe allows school districts to, um, reinvest that money in next year instead of, you know, or put it into a savings account so that it does kind of, uh, continue to build up, um, just some sort of reward for school districts who are coming in below budget. Yeah, so there there are some rules about how long they can save their reserves if they, they are efficient. I think there is a carryover clause in there. I'm not sure that's getting into the weeds for me, but, um, you know, that would be a great one to talk to your local legislators about because uh, you certainly have some with Senator Beitman and Kinski being very entrenched in education that you could ha- find out specifically um, that wouldn't... Um, you know, how they can incentivize, but that still doesn't solve for X. Um, from the way we see it, see it it's an and, and then also, you know, wh- what's the funding level that the state wants to keep up with and then, and then how are you going to pay for it? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, looking ahead, you know, Bo's been in here three times and the last time he showed me his like four or five binders of the K-12 budget and it's just, you know, he's, mm-hmm. him and Senator Kinski are probably the most in it and it's still kind of like, he's looking at me like, I'm like studying for a SAT <laughs> in here, you know, so and it's, mm-hmm. anyways, um, you know, looking ahead, kind of on that same note, um, I think there's gotta, there, something has to move here and Zach and I have talked about it, you know, you mentioned that general fund the governor did about, let's just say $450 million cuts to other state agencies, you know, and I'm looking at some of these, you know, in the interim, you know, uh, discussions, you know, infrastructure, you know, our utilities. So, you know, outside, I mean, K-12 is a big issue, but on top of that, it's kind of like we, we need to have this conversation of what's important and, you know, yeah, what's important, and then you know how are we going to fund it? Would you agree? Right. So those the themes that um, from this last session was the supplemental budget woes, and and they were able to come to terms with that K twelve funding stayed uh, stagnant. Um, the other one that we follow closely that we feel is just as threatening as um, K twelve is the infrastructure and transportation funding. 
um, YDOT just released a study that they did from an outside contractor to understand their their um, needs to maintain adequate infrastructure on our roads and highways. And they're facing a $350 million a year deficit as well um, of all, you know, and there's some debate of nice to have versus must to have, but um, still, even if you're looking at two to three hundred million a year, that that's pretty significant. Um, and uh, as far as it goes, last year we did support a fuel tax, um, but the house didn't even hear it. Um, and so we're we're right in the middle of the road. As um, I think we're twenty four cents a gallon. Um, that's that's paid at the rack. Mm-hmm. Um, and we proposed a or there was a proposal out there. Um, not we. There was a proposal out there for 33 cents a gallon. I know Joint Transportation just met last week, and they are wanting to bring that back up and, and look back at that. That seemed to be the most, um, the easiest one to digest for this group. There is talks about road user charge, but quite frankly, until there's a federal program, that will be and hard to implement on out-of-state yeah. drivers. And then there's just not many systems to, to monitor or uh to, uh, that are up in place that we could replicate. Um, Utah has a has a pilot program going right now on hype and in some volunteer vehicles, but it, it, it's a very big system that potentially could be the future as fuel efficiencies improve and you know we start looking at hybrid. Um, but it's still not here yet, and fuel tax is the best system that's in place and that we could feel immediate relief um, for, for funding transportation. Um, the, other, the other big conversation that I think will continue now and that happened last session was um, instead of raising taxes, um, you know, we, we have no income tax, uh, and we all probably would love to keep that way. Uh, and we have a, a very low property tax, and we have sales tax. And on our sales tax, we have over 50 exemptions. And so exemptions became a big conversation um, at looking at some of these exemptions that we give away. Um, some of them probably do make sense for economic development, like a manufacturing exemption. Um, but our food exemption that we put on, that's $65 million on the table a year um, mm. with no uh, food tax on uh, – no sales tax on food at the grocery store. Um, also, taxes on services, I think, will come back. discussion. Interesting. I mean, that's, you know, we understand that there's going to have to have that conversation, but you're, I was going to make a snide remark at YDOT about they've got private jets and they just did an out of state study and they're claiming that they're missing $300 million. So I'm like, how'd you do that study then? (laughs) That's interesting. Um, right. Well, and, and on a serious note, so you take that with a grain of salt. That's yeah. the thing, depending on what that number really is. It, there's still probably a need. Um, if you drive up and down I-80, you'll, you'll, you'll feel it driving. <laughs> yeah. Abs- and, and that's where I was going to lead, you know, in a serious note, you know, say, let's just say half of that is true. So 150 million a year on top of, we still haven't funded K-12. So now we're looking at 450, you know, 450 million, 500 million a year. Yeah. So like something's, you know, something has to happen. Either, either we got to cut our services or yeah, we're implementing some huge property taxes or some income taxes. I mean, that's, you know, when we're looking at numbers like that, you know, you just mentioned the food exemption. Yeah. It's 65 million. That's great. But when I'm looking at numbers like 400 million, it's like, well, I'm doing crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, I one magic bullet, it's going to be a lot. And 
you know, we're a big proponent of Tax Reform 2000. Um, just backing up a little bit for some of your listeners, they mm-hmm. they structure since 1970 um, when the severance tax was implemented and um, our state budget, which at the time in 2000 was 75%, the, the drastic boom and bust cycle of, of the mineral and our legacy industries. While we know that there's still going to be a big partner in the state, um, we have to diversify that revenue stream because um, today, fast forward, we're about uh, 53%. Um, so, you know, that's the chicken and the egg conversation. It's looking at the tax structure. Um, I, I do feel, you know, the ARPA dollars, it does buy us some time to have some some productive conversation uh, why, the, why the sun is, is shining. You know, fix, fix the roof and let's look at the roof. Um, just another reminder for your, for your listeners is, you know, as released by the State of Wyoming Economic Analysis based off tax receipts collected for the average family, um, three-person family making $65,000 and, and owning a home of, um, I'm going to make sure I get my numbers right, yeah, $250,000. Uh, they pay on average $3,500 in taxes and receive $27,090 in services. So if you do the math, it's every dollar you put, at, no matter what your family size and how much you make, you, you pay a dollar in and you get $8 in services back out, which was largely contributed to the mineral sector picking up that tab for a long time. So the discussion will be, do we, you know, how much more do we cut? Um, who, if, if we do raise taxes, who do we tax? We love to tax everybody but us, um, so that will no doubt be the conversation that continues. Um, and uh, it, as you can see, Aaron and, and Zach, from the the recap I sent over to you, all the tax bills that went through they're they're mainly red. Yep. Um, meaning none of them passed. So, um, a couple of bright spots that's interesting um, that did pass, I guess, was. Uh, there was Senate File 85, a property tax. And so that was for small businesses, um, those that were, that are um, paying personal property tax, you know, at home businesses for $2,400 less than in fair market value of business property. We did for them, but that that was the, the assessors mailing out tax bills for like $2.35, so it was costing more to collect than um, what we actually brought in, so that was an administrative fix that was that was pretty nice. Um, also, House Bill 133, online sports wagering, this was a pretty important tax bill and um, just bill in general that passed for industry um, that does allow online sports wagering and uh, 10% of net revenues, net revenues, uh, they will pay into our, our state a year, um, plus a hundred thousand dollar buy-in every five years. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And, and we continued to, um, look at the gaming commission and modifications, uh, with Senate file 56, they passed that and, um, games of skill and, and, uh, um, gaming opportunities are, um, available in our state with that. I think there's um, Kino available now. Um, they're looking at Kino stations that didn't pass, but um, they're much looking in, in that sector. So it's interesting seeing some of these 
these sectors emerging. Um, the other one that I thought was kind of fascinating was Senate File 119 and Senate File 120. And this was, this was a great bill that passed because this doesn't raise um, taxes but raised revenue. Both of them, one was an investment of state permanent funds and the other was investment of state non-permanent non-permanent funds. And together, those raised over $300 million um, just with some of our investment op- options with our corpus. So the good news is, is we're not in debt. We'll never be in debt. We do have um, plenty of savings, um, and we're able to make some return on investment with those. Um, so that that was a great bill that I thought passed that nobody had to get taxed on. Yeah, those are good. I like that. Zach, do you have... Um, oh, go ahead. And then the last one I thought was just um, for notoriety that was super fascinating to me was Senate File 189. Um, that's mine product taxes for natural gas consumed on site. Uh, so if you see guys on my slide, there's a picture of what looks like a little mini generator slash data center. And that's for Bitcoin miners. Um, they are leasing properties uh, from oil and gas and other energy developers. And um, they are now exempt from using the flare gas power their little machines that are mining um, data for Bitcoin. So that's fascinating as, as our state opens up for, for uh, take it or leave it, like it or not. I mean, now that, that you know, it makes it a little more business friendly for them. Um, mm-hmm. How it helps the revenue problem, uh, un, undecided on that, but it is an interesting industry that's emerging and, and they are working on policy to make it business friendly for those guys to be here. Yeah. Yeah, something to keep an eye on, the yeah. crypto stuff for sure, right. blockchain. Yeah. Well, that that's one thing I've been thinking of, too, is just these kind of emerging industries in, in Wyoming. So crypto or, or you know, blockchain. Um, you know, another one that really doesn't get a lot of uh, attention is hemp. Um, and I think that has yep. a, a huge, uh, um, you know, possibilities for, for providing just all sorts of things, whether you're growing it or you're manufacturing the products that test it and yep. get it ready to go for um, whatever people want to use it for. Do you see... Yeah, um, so we legalized that two years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, we know, uh, I think we talked about, it, uh, Aaron and I did, uh, you know, a couple months ago, but do you see, um, maybe some traction gaining there or, um, uh, what, what do you see kind of going on with some of these emerging industries? Um, so the hemp specifically, uh, that was three years ago in 2019. Um, and at the time, I was the CEO for Goshen County Economic Development Corporation, and they are currently um, working on uh, uh, recruiting hemp producers. They're growing it in Goshen and working on value-added manufacturing. So um, the, the exciting thing about that is, is um, the state is really good at producing products but not adding value to it. Um, and like, for example, beef, you know, we're really good at, at raising beef, but we don't have, um, I'm sure you guys have heard the debate about, we don't have many places to go process our beef. Um, there, there are a lot of, um, boutique beef processing, um, and USDA certified facilities, um, like all of a sudden popping up, which has been a lot of hard work. Um, but again, that's an industry and especially ag being our number was that number three industry, not having a lot of um, added uh, value to it. Anything we can do with a raw material and manufacture it and have the 
um, GDP grow with it is, is great. So I think hemp has a ton of potential there. Um, I'm not sure quite yet on cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and blockchain, um, how that's going to work because, um, I know we'll, we'll certainly gather fees as they register their businesses here, but it won't come with a lot of employees or physical properties, right? They don't have any, um, tangible personal property to tax or unless I guess now that they're mining the Bitcoin, um, you know, if they don't, they don't, if they're all virtual and they don't have, that's going to be an interesting as we move forward. Um, and speaking in that world, as far as tax trends um, on a national level, there's a lot of digital taxes that are out there some in our perspective. Um, but those will be definitely debated. There was a House Bill 176. Um, it was digital do that right? Digital streaming tax. And so that would have taxed your um, Netflix um, for anything that you stream. But there was some amendments that kind of put um, some similarly situated taxpayers against each other that ultimately killed the bill. But I think they'll try to keep working that one. Interesting. The other one that I think is interesting is, um, as I go back to that slide, it's House Bill 128 County Option Real Estate Transfer Tax. And that's like the Teton County tax that they're trying to figure out how do they tax the wealth in Teton County, the real estate market. Um, so they try to make a spin on that with it being county option. So you had an option, um, opt-in to tax real estate transfers. Um, Sheridan County would be another county that probably would be pretty lucrative to put that on. Um, but that definitely went down um, and wasn't equitable. They, um, they taxed properties over a million dollars at 4% was the proposal. Whoa. <laughs> Yikes. That'd be crazy. So that was yeah. kind of an interesting debate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the income taxes, they'll keep talking about. You saw that they brought those up, but nobody's there yet. Yeah, I think a lot has to happen first before that even yeah. gets close to being considered. Sure. Um. I'm trying to think what else. Um, I think that was great, Ashley. I don't, you know, that gives a recap sure. for our listeners, you know, uh, kind of affirms some things Zach and I have said, but yeah. it comes from a place of authority, you know. Um, but, um, you know, what, just kind of as a last thing, like where where can people find some of this stuff? Like you guys have, you know, sure. WTA provides some of this stuff, you know, or they can become a member, you know, what, if someone's really curious, you know, how can they dig into this a little bit more? Yeah. So I would invite you to look at our website, uh, at org, and under publications and reports, we have a ton of information that you can dig through. We try to boil it down where it's simple and easy to digest. Um, of course, we are a membership-based organization, so if you want to receive updates and um, more detailed information and follow the legislature, we would totally encourage you to look into membership. You can find all that information on our website. But I think I'd leave your li- uh, listeners uh, with the thought process of, you know, what is the end goal for Wyoming? What do we want pro- programs and services to look like? And what are we willing to pay for? Um, how do we get there? And my thought is, is you know, I'm, I'm analyzing is how do these ARPA funds affect the up- upcoming budget um, as we go into budget session 2022? 
and um, looking at the reduction in spending specifically in education plus the pain and cuts that just came through plus the use of our rainy day funds will maybe get us to a revenue en- en- enhancement. And then the things that I think that the governor's really worked on with his YO sense and um, transparency is understanding all the coffee cans of money and the ability to spend because it's hard to raise taxes when we know we have all these little pots of money. Sure. Right. Um, an effort for more transparency. I think until all of those things align and can be answered, um, we won't see major changes in the tax structure. Um, the one thing that is certain is that Wyoming will have to continue to be creative and think about long-term solutions to our revenue and spending options because we are very. Oh, we lost you. I was just saying, cause we're very unique. So we'll have to be very creative. So, um, I thank you for the opportunity to, um, share some insight. And, uh, the best thing is, is just to get educated and informed on, um, what's going on. Because when you know your rest area is closed or there's a cut eventually at, at um, of a service that you enjoy, you'll understand it. These are, these are hard decisions that our elected have to make. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I second that 100%. Oh. And I, I don't know. There's not a magic bullet. Yeah. It's going to take um, kind of maneuvering on both sides of the, of the aisle there. So, yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you for the time. We're that's about 30 minutes, so that's perfect timing. Perfect. Um, we'll have you on again obviously cuz I I guarantee we're there's going to be special sessions this summer leading up into the next year. So, um in there you know, committee meetings are already going and stuff like that. So, um thanks for your time and um Sure. And hopefully people go to your guys' website and maybe sign up and and uh, get educated a little bit. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. And Zach, um, what's some great, great info there from Ashley. Um, What's kind of your immediate takeaway there from kind of everything she was talking about? We're not out of the woods yet. Not even, (laughs) not even anywhere close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, she used the, this phrase, uh, a magic bullet and uh, she's absolutely right. There's not going to be one. Uh, fix all yep. solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all, we've all known that, uh, we've been talking about that for a long time. We've talked, you know, just raising taxes, not going to cut it. Um, you know, just cutting services, probably not going to cut it. You know, there, there's a lot of things that have to come into play here. Um, and so I think what, what really should be happening right now for people who like us, the, you know, the voters and, and the citizens should be keeping this in the back of our mind. Don't let, don't let this, you know, don't forget about this because this is a big problem. Yep. Um, she pointed out that's a $300 million deficit in education. That's really the big thing right now is education. Yes. Um, cause that didn't get touched. And yes, Aaron and I have talked about funds and all that stuff, uh, from the feds that 300 million, uh, in two years, really, if we had to use that out of the rainy day fund, uh, pretty much depletes that rainy day fund. Yep. Um, so anyway, I don't want to go too, too in depth on everybody. Yeah. Everyone I'm hoping has listened to it already, but, yeah. uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of good, good stuff in there. Yeah. You know, just to point out some numbers that I took away from it was her example of, you know, a Wyoming taxpayer pays $1 and they're getting $8 in services. Mm-hmm. So right there, we need to start having this conversation as citizens of, okay, what services do we need to start cutting? 
and we've already cut a lot. So now, you know, it's going to be tight on a lot of things, but it's like, so we got to make that decision. Right. You know, we, our state services have been very, you know, either well-funded or just, you know, we've kind of just been spending, 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 and then now we're in this problem. Um, Another, another thing I'd like to point out is the decrease on the reliability of oil and gas. I, I hit this every time we talk about energy, this whole crap of, we need to get off oil and gas and coal. We're not on it. It's 50-50 right now. Yeah. So we obviously have a spending problem, okay? And we're not doing anything about it. Yeah. And I challenge any renewables or diversify people. Well, we're not doing it. You're not we haven't done anything in the last 10 years. We've yeah. we've decreased it down to 50-50. Oil and gas still saves our butt when we need it to. Yep. You and so it's not, it's obviously not coming from renewables and divert, you know, quote unquote, diversifying the economy. Right. And it never would be, it's not going to be immediate fix. So that's a lie. That's, and I think those numbers support that. Now I'm not against that. We should diversify. I think there's an obvious, you know, 50% is still, we need to start diversifying to other things. Right. I don't think you do that through taxes and trying to kill oil and gas and coal. Um, I think you support people like Ramico, right? You know, um, well, and, and she mentioned hemp. You know, hemp was legalized and to grow hemp yeah. in twenty thirteen or twenty nineteen. Um, well, and, and let's just think about those numbers that Senator Kinski showed us a few few weeks ago. Yes, manufacturing jobs are paying about the same price yes. as coal and natural gas jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If we are and look, there's no. Uh, there is a ton to hemp. Um, there's, there are these, you know, um, production things that people can build yes. and, and that, you know, manuf- just testing stuff alone yep. is its own industry in hemp. Yes. <laughs> you can start that up here or anywhere in this state. Anyway, mm-hmm. look, there's a ton of stuff to go into there, but manufacturing, diversifying, if we really want to diversify and we're serious about it, we should look at manufacturing. Yep. And I, um, that's a good plug. Next week is Dave Senator Dave Kinski's interview, and he talks exactly about that. How can the state of Wyoming be like Sheridan? Yeah, we have Kennan, we have Emit, we have Weatherby, we yep. have Ramico. That's obviously what's keeping us afloat. Yes, we have you know the Decker and Spring Creek coal mines right. here, but we're obviously doing okay because we have those manufacturing jobs. Yes. We have those innovative jobs. Again, I can tell you the city did not do shit to get those people here. The state did not do shit to get those people here. It's the businesses did it themselves. Now, did it take them 15, 20 years? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about is don't think that's an immediate solution, but you're right. We need, it's manufacturing and doing other things, ag business, you know, with hemp and other stuff. So, and then the last thing, if you didn't get it from Ashley, be educated find the numbers. Don't just believe, you know, all this stuff, you know, on anything, just go get the information, call your state senators. Okay. We've had Bo Biteman on three times. We've had, we've had all Sheridan County. Actually, we've had all Sheridan County representatives and uh, senators on the show. (laughs) You can get them. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You know, because we're more professional. You know, we're <laughs> we're official. Yeah. So, anyways. We're, we're the elite yeah. of Sheridan. <laughs> uh, easy, 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 easy. We are part of the media, though. Yeah. Well. <laughs> are we? Uh, yeah. Anyways, but, uh, yeah. Great interview there with Ashley Harpster. We're going to have her on 
all the time. Yeah. Because it's great stuff. Um, Zach, before we get to the other state news, you want to give a shout out to our other advertisers or sponsors, yeah. whatever we want to call them? Absolutely. So one of our advertisers today is Sheridan County Title. Uh, they offer better service for a better price. Ask for the best title service that has been serving Sheridan for over 50 years. Give them a call at 307-672-6478. Um, another one is Alpha Graphics of Sheridan. They have a full variety of printing needs for any business or brand. They can also help with web design, social media, marketing, and more. Uh, give them a call today at 307-674-6277 or give them a uh, visit up on North Main Street. They did all our stickers. You can see on the table, the yep. canvas right there. Yep. And then uh, Sheridan County Title is probably doing our title on our right. selling our house. So go. it's a full, we're a full connected team. <laughs> yes. <here. laughs> um, all right, Zach, let's get through this stuff. Cause we do want to talk. God, I just hate that. We're always talking about Liz Cheney and, know. and all that crap, but another story to talk. About? I know. Um, this is great news. 50% of Wyoming is now vaccinated, hey. which is probably why you're seeing, you know, UW is saying no more masks. You know, we can have, we can have events and you know, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Yep. I just want to say to all the pundits out there, Oh, weird. You make people make their own choice and they'll do it. Right. And maybe it might take them a while. Yeah. You know, remember a couple months ago, they're like, people need to take the vaccine. We have. So settle down. Right. (laughs) We're a free country, you know, and also remember like ranchers, they were calving. That's not their priority is to go get the COVID vaccine. Absolutely. So, yeah. Settle down out there that we're all freaking out. It's like, we'll get it at some point, you know. Yeah. So, but good news. I think that's good news. 50% vaccinated. For our, for our tourism, for our businesses, events. So anyways, Zach, what is your thoughts? I know you and I were just talking about this. We haven't researched this whatsoever. (laughs) What do you think about all these states that are still researching into the national election? My question is, is it going to undo Biden's uh, presidency and inauguration. He's been president for coming on six months now. Yeah. Is it going to, is it going to just magically stop that? Yeah. (laughs) Like you're going to find out that Donald Trump should have been running the, you know, should have been in the white house for the last six, seven, eight, whatever, how many months. Yeah. Um, is that what we're going to find out? What, what, what's the, what's the goal here? My, yes. Like what's the goal? What's, is that really the end goal is you want to be in August because yeah. really, as how this is going, it's going to be August, September right. when you guys claim like, oh, yeah, he should have won these states. We're like, that's pretty much a civil war, guys. Like, right. we're pretty much at this point of, well, California, New York, all the blue states are going to disagree. All the red states are going to say, no, it's him. Yep. Then it's go time. Then yeah. it's like, okay. Right. So is that the goal here? Yeah. I don't think so. I think the goal is... uh you know, the GOP needs to be really thinking about how do we stop his insanity right? and, you know, other things that are more important to national security. Right. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> and we'll get this on the, in the Liz Cheney thing too. Cause we're going to talk about kind of her and all the, there's like 50 people running against her. Yeah. Um, and that's not even a joke. Like, I feel like I need to do a higher number cause literally there's like 25 people running. Yeah. I think, uh, at least registered, uh, there's like eight. You and I should register. Sure. Can we do co, can we be co represent uh, congressman? Um, <laughs> but I mean, what was I going to say? Oh, we've been talking about this since 
last November is just this like infighting and this whole yep. like that that's really the problem here yes it, it, if you want um a strong candidate to run for president in 2024 it should not be donald trump just i'm just gonna say it should not be donald yeah. trump we need to sort our crap out we need to get it in a group <laughs> like, yeah we need to the gop republicans need to figure out what is important to us and how are we going to fight for those things and it starts here because the wyoming gop had a meeting and um our friends at cowboy state politics you know talks about kind of how that meeting went and some of the things they talked about again it was mostly what are we going to do about liz cheney and it's right. like i could give a rat's ass about Liz Cheney right now. Yeah. You and yeah. I just, we just had an interview with Ashley, Ashley Harpstreet. We have a K-12 spending problem. Yeah. Um, Governor Gordon mentioned something about sec, the you know second amendment and gun rights. Other states have told Biden, you better not pick this ATF guy, but Gordon has not. I want the Wyoming GOP calling him up and saying, you better join these other states. Right. We don't want that. There's bigger issues here than, Liz Cheney and what Donald Trump wants. I agree. And I know you and I are both conservative, but I know there's conservatives out there that are probably not liking what we're saying, but it's like, guys, if, if Trump is the guy in 2024, we're going to lose again. Yeah. Oh yeah. It will be the end. Uh, there'll be a new faction of, of the Republic. I mean, we already saw it. Yeah. But we're already seeing it now. Yeah. You have the Trumpists, you know, I didn't believe in that kind of term when Trump was in present, but now we're really seeing we're there. these Trumpists. Mm. And that's what you're going to have is the Trump GOP. And then you're going to have people who really believe in conservative values yes. who are on the sideline. who are like, I don't think that guy's really doing the best job, you know, isn't really standing up for the, the party. Right. And, and the only reason I say that is because these people are just diehard Trump fans. They're just going to agree with everything he says. He's this messianic figure to these people. What it is, I was thinking about this today. What he is, is, is the Democrats far left is now he is becoming, and maybe he's not intentionally doing it, but he's getting a following that is far right. Sure. The alt right. Sure. They are, they they are they are going full party, you know, because yeah, yeah. they are overtaking the conservatives and saying, I am a true conservative because I support Trump. Right. And it's like now, and this is, you know, I was thinking through this like as an argument. I was like, look, he did great things fiscally that I agree with as a fiscal mm -hmm. conservative, right? Which makes sense. He was a businessman. So right. he's going to make the fiscal responsible decisions. Yeah. Now, foreign policy wise, which is, which Zach is the biggest gripe conservatives have with Liz Cheney is her, uh, her differences on foreign policy. But you have to admit Donald Trump was an isolationist. Isol yeah. Isolationist. isolationist. Yeah. Okay. And then very America first. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not bumping him on, you know, right. I'm, I, I knew that I know that's what he was right. Right. <laughs> now from a foreign policy, a, you know, perspective, you have to look at everything differently. Okay. And Dan Crenshaw said this way back when, when he first got in, cause he was a Navy seal and he's like, look, foreign policy is like, we just talked about Palestine in the middle East like that. People yeah. become doctors on that history. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, so you expect a dude that was never in politics, never has done foreign policy, He's only done business, right? His dealings have been business, so it's nothing right. really cultural. Right. 
you know, surprise, surprise, he's going to differ from other politicians that have maybe had experience in foreign policy. So, um, no, I, I think you're right. And I don't like to throw around this term of alt-right or far-right, but yep. when you look at who these people are and they're voting strictly on the party lines, yep. they're going to conform to the party lines. Um, then I think, yeah, you fall into a different category on the political spectrum. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to call out fascists, say that they're fascist or say that they're, you know, uh, Nazis or racists. Like that's not, that's not how I see it. I think when we look at this term of alt-right, we're looking at strictly conforming to these party lines and whoever the party leader is, is setting those party lines. Um, you can say the same thing about this far left as they're, you know, whoever they've propped up AOC or Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris, because she was the most progressive candidate who was running. They set the standard for the party lines and they are conforming to that party line. If you don't fall in there, you're not part of the party. Um, and you saw that kind of conflict with Nancy Pelosi and the AO- and AOC in that group mm-hmm. when they first got in. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think if you're conforming to these party lines, you're almost one in the same. You <laughs> really, are. You're almost one in the same. Well, and I mean, history, Zach, this is why, this is why you need to learn your history. People were always surprised. Why did Stalin and Hitler have a peace treaty at first? Right. Because they're the exact same. Right. Now they just go about it differently. Okay, the Nazis, again, were a party, party first. Yes. Communism, they called it the people first, but really it's the party first. Yes. And then at some point, they look at each other and like, well, <laughs> we're different parties. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's exactly what we're talking about. And that's, and I'm with you, I don't like using alt-right and like the far right, but that's that's what's happening is 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 they are on this party line. And it's like, that's not one. I kind of disagree that that's not really the party. You're telling me that Donald Trump is, is the party now, right? That used to pinnacle of conservatism that that used to be Ronald Reagan, you know, and and the Bushes actually didn't do a bad. That was one thing is people are bashing the Bushes now. And I'm like, I thought the Bushes were at, you know, okay. Like what (laughs) now we're now I'm like, we can't do this now, guys. Like what? Yeah. We're going to say every president we've had now before Trump as a Republican is bad. Right. Okay. Like yeah. <laughs> just because you disagree foreign policy. Now, were there weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East? No. And we can yeah. get into the whole military <laughs> industrial complex if you want. But um, are we safer now? Yeah. I would say yes. Uh, so obviously something works there. Um, and I've said this before. I don't want to know what the CIA does. I don't. Yeah. That's a problem if I know what the CIA right. is doing in other countries. Yeah. So yeah, I, we, it starts here, Zach. It's freaking wild. It really me. does. Um, the, the Wyoming GOP, not just the representatives, just the GOP in this state yeah. has got to come together and figure out what's going on. Um, and then, yeah, it, it, it does start here. It starts here with a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, we both were supporters of, of the orange man, you know, yeah. and, and like <laughs> I said, he did fiscally responsible things. And I think that's important. I mean, obviously look at our state budget, right? We, yeah. we obviously so, see we're in this loop with the GOP cause it's like, okay, so we're going to go after Cheney while we're in a $300 million deficit. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, um, I don't think we need to talk about anything else, um, about the story of Bouchard. You yeah. can, you can, 
if you're really that interested, go go and find it. I'm sure you can find it anywhere. Um, it's like, sad. I, I, that's all I thought. It's just, like I you said, bad. it's just a tragedy, you yeah. know, and, and them who, if it is Cheney, which it probably is, you know, it's her camp that got this story out there, you know, like that's such a low blow, but, um, I don't, it's just, yeah, it's just sad, but, yeah. um, this will be interesting race for sure. But, um, yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, Zach, man, I do want to say this. I haven't really run this pie you yet, but I think this will be the last give no ground on the Gobi Wyo channel. Um, we are going to set up the go, the give no ground channel. That way we keep it separate. Yep. It's nice and easy for everyone to follow along. Um, so if you're listening all the way to the end of this, so just be on the lookout for that. We're going to have a give no ground channel. Um, audio wise, I think YouTube wise, we'll keep it the same, but, sure. um, and then, uh, yeah. And then just to give a last shout out to, <coughs> Oh, I forgot one. Uh, fly Sheridan. Yeah. Summer's coming up. Um, if you want to save time, fly local, fly Sheridan, fly Sheridan and United. It's reliable air service operated by SkyWest Airlines. You can book via United or flysheridan.com. Summer's coming up. Everyone's going on trips or people are coming in here. So use our local airport. And uh, I know we will when we're going to Greece. We'll probably use that to Denver and then we're on to yeah. on to Greece. So, and then, um, yep, DYT Solutions, make sure you check them out for any digital marketing solutions and, uh, Zach, been, uh, coming in clutch recently. They have <laughs> been. Yes. Um, yeah. The video stuff, man, this is crazy. Oh man. Yeah. But, um, Oh, also kind of a shameless plug here. If there's anything we need to talk about, hit us up, you yeah. know, cause the give no grounds. Well, we're going to get a little more consistent cause you're getting, yep. getting out of your job. And then, um, but, uh, that, you know, if there's anything that you guys would like us to talk about, um, anybody we should interview for the Gobi while, um, you know, we're always open to suggestions and, uh, you know, if you want to advertise, we're always open to that too. We've yeah. got some spots still open there. Yep. Uh, DM the Gobi wild pages, uh, Aaron's <laughs> contact info. Uh, can they get a hold of us through the website? Email? Yep. I've got okay. the, I've got contact info up and actually that prompts me that I'll put you on there as well. So that way we've got yeah. both of us on there. So yeah. So you can go through the website, uh, and reach out to us for, for other opportunities. Um, uh, just give us feedback too. Just yep. let us know what do you like, what, you know, what. Give us a review. If yeah. you've listened all the way through here, give us a review, right. five-star yeah. review. <laughs> I was telling Aaron, I think the thing that we, we continue to do and that sets us apart from other people is we talk about these things that aren't very sexy. Yes. <laughs> um, and we do that to for you guys, for our listeners, so that you know about these things that aren't being talked about so much. Um and that's an important thing. We're going to continue to do that. Um, and we know that they kind of get dry <laughs> talking about taxes and stuff sometimes gets dry when you just get all these numbers thrown at you and stuff, but you know, stick with us. Listen, it, we really are. Our goal is to educate, to inform, um, and to help you make your own decisions too about these things. Uh, whether you agree with us or disagree with us, that's great. We're all about conversations here at go be wild. So yeah, I'll, and let's, we'll finish out with that. You know, that's, that was our whole goal. Go be wild. We want to provide everybody with, you know, facts, be as unbiased as we possibly can yeah. and talk about, yeah, pretty much the unsexy stuff. Right. You know, so, <laughs> uh, thanks for sticking with us. And that's another, uh, give no ground and we'll catch everyone next time. <laughs>